first of all, Alex the, and everybody is uh, something that, that Jim told me when I first started with him that kind of clarified everything and what our purpose is for this. And for Alex, I think he went there, he got, had some life changes. Like I said, he had more thoughts. And what you're trying to do is reduce your thoughts, right? And so um, there was a phrase that he said, or a quote, it said, uh, he said, the person that can, the person that can be most consistent in a game of variables wins. And if you think about that, that's, that's baseball, right? You have all these different variables or like uh, the weather, the wind, the pitcher, that's the righty, lefty, how's this stuff? How's this, you know, how do I feel? You know, I hate playing in wind. I hate playing, is it, was it raining? These are all things that can be variables that can be, I guess, score breakers, score makers or score breakers. Some of those could be score makers. The wind's blowing out to right. That can change how you think and feel. And so, but even with that being a positive and not trying to do too much and the reversed example of trying to hit a home run into the wind, those type of things, but we stay consistent within our approach and our, and our mental framework so that we don't go too high, we don't go too low, that you're that consistent through variables. And that's, those are your true champions. Those are your Derek Jeters, your Trouts, your A-Rods, your, your, your zone performers that, you know, they're, they just do things. That Mamba mentality they talk about, that's what it is. Is when you fail, you think of it differently. You don't think of it as like a normal person. And if you want abnormal results, you got to think abnormally, right? Abnormal people think as they swing and miss and strike out with the bases loaded, they don't think, you would think, oh, I suck. Oh, I'm terrible. I suck, which we naturally do. That true performer, I can guarantee you after he swung, Jeter or A-Rod or Trout don't say they suck. I'm not the guy. Never does that ever enter. It almost feels silly to even say that they would say that, right? But think how often we say that to ourselves, Alex. And I know you, you're pretty hard on yourself, right? And at that very special moment, if we can control that moment when those RPMs go high in whatever fashion, anger, sadness, mad at myself, self-talk, right? If any of those uh, falter in that pivotal moment, we go from uh, having massive information to be able to learn at that moment. But if we can be mentally strong enough to read what's going did I swing under the ball? Did I swing over the ball? Did I get too big and try to go too big with my swing because the wind is blowing out to right, whatever that variable means. We can really read those variables because we're in the moment. And then that way, if we fail, we don't really fail. We don't view it as fail as we just got massive amounts of information to zone us into getting our next hit, getting our next at bat and learning that information to, to gather uh, data to be success so it's never a failure in our minds we almost want to control it to where we internally really believe it's not a failure right we fall so in love with the process of the at bat or the game and being in the zone and flow state that that's our process that's our end goal not the hit or the you know trying to get three hits with one with one at bat type of thing that we always do right so uh it helps us, our main focus is being able to be consistent on something that we, that there's, the variables never change. You have control over your thoughts, right? And so the first thing I want to do to kind of help you um, kind of get a hold of that, like I said, the coping mechanisms, I want to give you a couple drills. But before I do that, um, 
do you have, can you think in your scenario that we've talked about? Cause I had you at, do at bats, right? Remember you did you and Ken went and did those, right, Ken? You guys did those at bats. And when you did that, there's no physical things going on, right? All it was, was your, was your mind. Did you have physical things pop in your head? Like put my hands here, do this, do that, get in the box here. Did you have those pop into your head? What were your thoughts that kind of pop into your head when it was just visualizing hitting homers to right center as your dad did that drill with you? Was there, was there mechanical thoughts? Was there thoughts of coaches? Some of those thoughts that you said, did you have any of those thoughts that you were explaining to me last call when you did that drill? No, not really. When, when I was visualizing stepping in the box, uh, like, like you said, um, always like inspect things around you. Like um, that there's a hot dog stand behind me in right field. There's, it's a 300 foot fence. So you made it real. You were able to gather. Was that kind of a cool thing that you did? You didn't do before? Yes, sir. Is that because when now when you go into that at bat in that spot, I want you to feel and be so in the moment that you realize I've been here before. Right? That's your self talk. I feel comfortable here. I feel I know what's going on. I've been in this tight situation before. It's funny how those things will go. Right? I had this conversation with Jeter that I was like out of, cause I had this game winning Homer, right. That I was right. You know, first up with the Royals and I hit this the inning before like a three run Homer that put us up. Right. Derek Jeter was hitting. And I remember it was a tight situation where the home run that I hit it put us up by two. And at that point it was like bases loaded, two outs, Derek Jeter's up. And we got like, we punch him out, we win. Right. So I'm calling a game and of course, Derek foul off down and away, foul off down and away, up and in, gets his hands inside, fouls off another tough pitch, thrown the kitchen sink. And I remember sitting there and I remember I was, I was nervous, right? Cause I wanted to beat the Yankees one. I just kind of single-handedly beat the Yankees for a game. I mean, I banged that game, right? Threw a couple guys out like Royals and we sucked. So, all right. So all of a sudden we're getting ready to sweep the Yankees and I was a big part of it. So I'd like wanted it bad. It was like my world series. And, and I'm getting in the box and then D, well, Jeter's getting back in the box and it's like the sixth or seventh pitch off of the three, two count. Right. So obviously a really good at bat. And I was sitting there looking up at him, like I'm going to give him the signs, but he's looks down and a couple things happened here. Two things happened. One, Derek Jeter knew my name. That was kind of cool. <laughs> Cause he's like, Hey, John Buck. He always said, Hey John, you, ha you having fun yet? Remember, I was super nervous. He like winked at me, chewing his little bubble gum, right? His bubble, pops his gum, winks at me. You having fun yet, John? Of course, I'm like, like want this so bad. My RPMs, and he's and uh, and he winked at me and said that, right? And blew a bubble. And he and I asked him a couple of days later. I was like, dude, I was like, so nervous. I know it was, you know, he's Derek Jeter. He's been in tons of World Series, but why he is that good? He told me when I was talking to him, this conversation, I said, you winked at me and blew a bubble. And I could like, I felt like my pulse was coming through my neck. He goes, well, I started, he, Derek Jeter told me, I started to feel that. You started getting into my head. So I, I revert back. Derek Jeter says he reverts back to Battle Creek, Michigan, of hitting the ball to right field because that's the less thoughts he's ever had that image that i was telling you that 
That's the less thoughts he's ever had in playing game and the most fun he's ever played. He's in the backyard in Battle Creek. He can't hit the ball to left because it's that's the neighbor. He's a jerk. Right? He doesn't get his ball back. He gets the ball back by hitting the ball out to right. Right. And so he hit the ball out. That's where he was telling himself. It was a mental image or a picture that he felt and he experienced. Like the, the snack shot, all that stuff that you get, he can go whoop right back to Battle Creek Mission. That's what he did. He said, so as soon as I started the, those RPMs going up, John, which you had me, you started getting my wheels turning, I had to go back to Battle Creek, Michigan to stop that thinking. You started to get in my head, which why you got me out, which we got him out, a little slider, roll over to short, right? Almost beat it out at like four years old, but he, right? So it was an at-bat that he used those tools right there, right during that bat with that experience with me, right? And He's so consistent. He never once stopped once he got it out. Once we got him out, do you think he ever thought that he wasn't the man for one iota? Uh, I guarantee you he was thinking, those young Royals are lucky, <laughs> right? I was about ready to break this game open. That's how he left that at bat. He was probably one pitch away from not letting his head get lost. I finally got, got him thinking because where I was throwing, he threw that almost that. 10, 15 pitch at bat, he was blank-minded thinking about his approach, nothing else. That's why we couldn't get him out. Started to get him to think, which he told me. He stepped out, had one of those moments, a tool, that which I'll start to give you, and then he went back into hitting, right? I think he probably fouled off two more pitches before we got him, right? But he used those tools in real time. And be able to use those in a real time to be able to get back in the moment when RPMs go up, the greatest game player in the game has, has does it and does it right. I know Trout does it. Me and his teammate, he does similar things right to get him back in the zone. So, Alex, what are give me give me two things that you maybe overthink or you tend to do. Meaning, when you're get going, RPMs get up, you overswing. Are you, which I know you're taking a lot of pitches, right? Are you not solidified on your approach? Are you looking for something? They throw another, like, tell me, give me two things that are kind of going in your head. Cause you know, as a hitter, you know, what's kind of going on. And then, you know, the other thing that sometimes has got to hurt us, parents, dads, and coaches and players all got to look at me and say, like, I'm doing a terrible job with this. I suck at staying back on breaking balls or I suck when I get two or three, one counts to stick with my approach and trust, be more aggressive to right center. Instead, I get so excited, I try to go 500 feet to left, right? Which we know that's wrong, right? So what are those, but being real, sometimes I would do that. RPMs would get going and I would try to do that. That was one of my things that I knew. So what are the two things that are that for you? Those two examples that are maybe giving you fits? Because I know that the thoughts were too much. What's something when you get it in the box? Um, just my team is really good, so I'm just, I'm just trying to be like, I'm just trying to get, like, I'm just trying to get on, like, I'm just trying to do what they do, just get on, um, hit doubles, triples, just do anything to get runs. So do you feel like, so do you feel like you're trying too much to impress them, to show them how good you are because you've been, you started off slow. 
So you got you got the trying to get three hits in one at bat syndrome, right? Okay, that's an easy fix. Which one of my stoppers today? One of my uh, mechanisms. As soon as you feel that, trust me, it'll put you in the moment and get you back where Alex performs best. So that that's good. And then what's one more? Is there anything else? Thoughts? So obviously trying too hard. Um. How about this? Do you know your approach? What's your approach? I'm looking for a fastball middle of the way. I just drop speed homers for at center. Very good. You've been very fast by me. <laughs> it's pretty good. Do how often do you fall off of that when you're hitting? Like when you when that should be your approach. You know those ones where I'm seeing frozen pizza? On the on the by the way, the one was a ball. Right? From that umpire that's a ball that skipped. Hit him in the shin, you call the strike. Yeah, we'll just chalk that up as oh well, right? That's gonna happen. But uh far as uh uh your at bats, we gotta look at them as quality at bats through your approach. Now whether you got a hit or not, not whether because you can have maybe a bat at bat and still get a hit, right? But you can have three good at bats, which I did see in the video you sent me, a lean you to the left. It sound like a your, your dad's not the best cameraman, but uh you know, I saw the swing and then the ball start to leave. And then of course he likes to like, he, he makes you dizzy. He looks all over the snack check and stuff. Cause I think he's watching your ball. <laughs> you got an excited dad going. So <laughs> it looked like it got caught. Right. But how do you view, how do you view that at bat off of your approach? You, you follow me with that? When you're in that bat, so what you just rambled off to me, do you stick to that approach on your at bats and how often? Um, most of the time I do, but whenever I get two strikes, um, I don't think that because like, I just don't think it because I'm, I'm like thinking, I can't think this because what if there's a ball inside, I'll get caught. And what if like, what if I'm expecting a fastball, it's a change up or something. So same like, approach. So, so what that approach is, like, if you remember that YouTube, I told you to look up. A-Rod and Trout talking. Do you remember that? When A-Rod and Trout were doing that conversation? Do you remember that they did um, on ESPN? I had you look that up. Look that up. YouTube it. There's a homework assignment, right? YouTube that later, okay? And listen to how they talk about approach. So they're talking about fastball middle of the way, adjust off speeder. So you're fastball middle of the way to right center. They're looking to go to right center. It's simple far as your bat lag, your swing, percentage-wise, if you're looking fastball, trying to go right center, right, that gives you statistically and numbers-wise the longest bat path through to make contact, right? So what you're saying with all that stuff that you just kind of, you're worried about, I'm worried about the inside, I'm worried about there, I'm worried about this, that should all be reduced if you sell out to that approach. Remember, we're not trying to fluff it, let it get deep and fluff it, right? We're controlling that contact to right center, that type of feel. We're hitting a line drive to right center and letting ourselves adjust to off speed. We're not making it any more hard than that. That's it. How many at-bats can you stick to that approach? That's it. Not trying to do too much, line drive second baseman. Fall in love with that approach because your hands are short enough. You're gonna end up with all that stuff that you just said, ah, oh, then I think about this and this. As soon as you don't think about it, you will get it because I've seen you do it. That last at bat you sent me, 
That's what that two, two bitch was fastball up and in. And it was like, it didn't look like you were like trying to drop head and go left. It was a reactionary end. Right. So I, you're better when you, than you think being in the zone and letting your body be in kind of reactionary mode, nice and relaxed and then go, you're quicker. You operate better. You have less thoughts. You're in the zone, right? When you're sticking to one thing, having solid thought in your mind, but you have all those, like you said, two strikes starts fogging and all those strikeouts that your dad were sending were with, obviously with two strikes, but your frozen pizza with two strikes. So you've kind of identified or just said your two problems, right? Which we kind of talked about before, but I think you having a set thing to say in your head, it's sticking to your approach and really believing in it. If you believe in a three and O and two and O to kind of think that, why would you not want to like, it's a contact type of approach, right? That should be more of a two strike approach to eliminate thoughts. Cause if you're going to right center, that helps you hit two seamers, cutters, sliders, curveballs. If we're going to right center, if we're going fastball and then where's the curveball butt out curveball if we're thinking pull right that approach is simple go listen to trout and a-rod talk about it right they are the best in the game at doing that having power to right center being good two strike hitters right and those two sit in the cage and give all sorts of nuggets about what you were just talking about okay in probably three different ways so go go do that for homework okay so the two things that I want to do, uh, give you is to go along with kind of the score, what we're going to do over the next five times. First off, we'll go score. And score is, it's the score system that Jim kind of gave me, right? And score is an acronym. You know what an acronym is, right? We're learning all that. Uh, it's S starts for self-discipline, right? Confidence, optimism, relaxation, and enjoyment. Right? I, listen, I, I know that. I listened to that. I know. I made your dad get it, right? So you'd be educated with this. So self-discipline, I want to concentrate on self-discipline for this week. Okay, I'm going to give you these two, these two drills, right? Anytime that um, those moments that you described, those two moments you described to me, okay? Definitely 100%, I want you to do this, this drill. So what you do it's the closest muscle to your brain. It's your, your jaw muscle. So you unhinge your jaw. That's why when you see boxers, if you watch Muhammad Ali, his jaw was always loose, right? Because he, he he'd bounce around. And you watch any performer. Look at Michael Jordan, his tongue out. Look at any performer that's a high-class performer. Watch his jaw. It's unhinged. Crazy. Watch some of those basketball players. They're doing, they're doing it. Their jaws and their mouths are open, unhinged. When Jim was telling me this and kind of showing me this on some of the football players he coaches, some of the tennis players like Andre Agassi and all them, I saw him doing this. I'm like, what are they? All right, now I notice it. I thought it was just an athlete kind of looking like looking dumb. But if that muscle is relaxed and you do a breathing, and sometimes we're in the zone or flow state, it's almost like a like, you know, when you're watching a movie and you catch like your little kids, <laughs> like dad and Jeremy or, or see little kids or even yourself, you catch yourself kind of like watching the movie and you're zoned out. 
that's when your, your brain kind of goes into a very relaxed, you're being very creative, you're open for suggestions, but unhinging your jaw helps. It's the closest muscle to your brain. So once you start thinking, unhinging your jaw, you're relaxed, right? You're sending your muscle, your, a message to your body, relaxed. We're going to get in the zone and your breath. I bet you in those moments, you're probably 15 to 16 breaths a minute, right? We got adrenaline going. If you can drop that breath down to five to six breaths a minute, So just feel, just as soon as you and I started breathing and uh, Kenny and Jeremy, Jeremy, right? I say Jeremy, yeah. Jeremy, could you feel it almost relaxed the tempo, the call and everything relaxed? Do you feel that Alex? It's because you have intention to calm things down, to relax things. You can't help but feel that. So if you make that a habit, when you're in at bat, those RPMs coming up, Derek Jeter comes to the plate. He starts thinking. This little rookie has him thinking. Step out, which he blew a bubble. Would you see him blow a bubble? He's kind of mentioned this in, in other stuff too. That's what he does to relax himself. It puts him like a kid in his backyard. Blows a bubble, gets back in there. That's what he's doing. You need to build your mechanism. This is the creativity of Alex. You do what you need to do to make this your habit in those moments. I can't just say, do, do this. It has to be something that naturally goes to where it is in the game when those moments happen for you. So the self-discipline and practice in the, when you hear that self-talk, you're going to hit it. Okay. Additional to that, I want you to set an alarm every one or two hours. Can you do that on your phone or your watch? one to two hours that way it'll also induce extra moments so as we're going to induce that like and we're just going to stop wherever you're at i don't care if it's a school i don't care if it's at home watching tv i don't care if it's at practice you're going to do it because nobody needs to know see nobody in the stadium knew that Derek jeter was doing that lowered his breath unhinged his jaw right lowered his breath, breath to five to six breaths per minute. And that puts him in a zone state. It lowers your brain frequencies. It reduces your thoughts. And wherever moment you're in, I want you to be so locked into that moment. If your teacher is talking, you'd like feel your watch vibrate or whatever. Deep breath, make your breath go to five to six breaths per minute. It concentrate harder with eye contact. If you're at home and your mom's talking to you, five to six breath, concentrate on what she's saying, execute what she's asking you quicker than you ever have. Um, alarm goes off, you're watching TV with your sisters. See if you can get your breath five, uh, five to six as quick as you can to get your heart rate down while you're watching TV. Notice how your breath was your jaw unhinged. Be very mindful of this, of this technique, not to mention, Anytime baseball thoughts come up in your head, any baseball thoughts, I want you to do that breathing with reaffirmation of your approach. Okay, two strikes, I see the ball solid. I hit fastballs middle way, I just off speed. I hit homers on off speed if they're home. Something that gives you, I do this, right? But why you're doing your breaths down five to six per minute with an unhinged jaw, all right?
Okay. The other one uh, I want you to do is when you're walking into class, did you do that last time? Okay. When you're walking into class, did, did uh, uh, your teachers teach towards you more? Did you, what, what was something you experienced? Um, like you said, I walked in and gave him like a stare that said good morning without me saying it. Uh huh. Um, one teacher actually kind of um, put more effort to teaching me. Did I? So go, so go into the classroom, same thing. It's just like walking into the box. So you're going to add, st stick with this so you get the results. Every door you walk into at school or class, right? Or at home, when you walk into that room, it's like you're going into the bat, you're practicing going to the batter's box. You're going to make that pitcher feel you, right? You're walking in there with confidence that's larger than life. And you're going to demand people's attention in a, in a positive way, right? We want to chest up high, making eye contact long enough to still eye, eye color, right? I want you to be able to make them feel you. That's a skill because if you if you have enough confidence to do that, you have enough confidence to stick to your approach, right? So those are your self-discipline challenges this week, okay? Try to do those two drills, set an alarm up. If you can get a watch or something when you're up, or if you can't do it at school, uh, if you can kind of maybe at the beginning or end of your class, do it because it also helps you be more in the moment in class. You know, just being able to do it. That's why you can do that drill every two hours and it's healthy. Because one, if we do it one to two hours and we're self-disciplined and we don't miss those one or two hours, you will master this. And it'll be a tool with what you're, what you're struggling with right now, Alex, all these life thing changes going on with a new team, trying to impress them, thinking too much with two strikes. I mean, I just rambled off five really big things that will add you know, 10 to 15 thoughts per at bat, right? And then over a course of four at bats and a course of eight to 12 at bats in a tournament, that's a lot of extra thoughts you got to wrestle with. That's exhausting. And to be able to have a coping mechanisms to reduce those thoughts so that when you get done, you can evaluate on a real level and say, all right, I just didn't stick to my approach. Then you can, then that communication with your coach is open. Then you're ready to be coached because you're very secure of you, Alex, right? And closing with this, closing with this more than anything. And this is something that Jim always said to me. It was, and he says it to Aira, he says it to everybody, right? And to the professionals is that you're more than a baseball player. Alex is way more than a baseball player. If you hang your emotional status on if you get hits or not in that game, you're, you're not being the best Alex because you're way more than that one hit or that one game or the heck that season. You're way more than that, right? And he tells big league players that who get paid to play this game and to perform. He's, that rule still holds true with him because the person that paid is the complete person, right? Because that person's really good, right? That affects your community. That affects your teammates, right? Affects your family, right? So being that full, complete person that you're more than a baseball player, knowing that, closing out with that, that's kind of that highlight. All this should be just adding to you being more than a baseball player. That's just one part of your arena of what Alex is, right?
we'll get into that a little bit when we get back because i'm going to draw some marinas with you another thing to help uh uh concentration on the next one for uh the score routine but uh we'll work on a, the c which is a concentration i'll give you a, a drill to help separate your arenas into your life plan if you will of baseball right any questions concerns for that can you kind of get some of that you you're, you're familiar with that right and we'll be on the phone so we can clarify some of that over the week over the this next week very much so, yeah yeah very much so all right and then do that do that if you can too. do those at bats with them yeah and i made the notes of his homework assignments and he does have an Apple Watch where he can have the vibrator. And, and, and too, I, really, I think it's good if it just vibrates on his wrist. And, and you know, if he has an Apple Watch, you know that Apple Watch that, um, has the, the, it has a breathing app on there. Perfect. Go with that. That'll be a good guideline to him to breed with. And it's, it should not be distracting because the purpose of this is to create awareness of being in the moment. And when you get in the moment and you get in those, uh, your brain kind of goes into those, uh, I don't know if it's alpha or omega, whatever, which one, I'm just like, so I'll butcher them. <laughs> so whatever brainwaves, you go down to that, your intuitive listening, the things that you pick up from the teacher, in our case, that from the pitcher, little fanage, those things heighten when we're in the zone, we're in flow state, because we're that aware, we're that in the moment. That, you know, that feeling out, sometimes you're like, I just, I know he's throwing a breaking ball. I just know it. Everything in my soul is telling me. And he breaks that breaking ball and you're like, wham. Those are weird moments. And being in the zone and flow, that's when that stuff comes to us. So you'll get to the point where you're like a Jeter and Air Rod. I think quickly, Alex, because you're really intelligent. You pick these things up. You turn this into a tool. Because this, you have a tool that's going, it's starting to try to pick up all these things. You don't know how to channel it yet. As soon as you channel it, woo, look out. As soon as you reduce some of those thoughts and use that tool that we're going to give you every one to two hours and you get to see how powerful that is, you use it, you're at bat, look out. You're going to be back to banging in no time. Okay? Any questions, concerns, Alex, uh, Alex or Ken? Alex, what about you? This is um, your chance to ask John anything you want. Um, I don't have any questions, but I wanted to thank you, Jared, and my dad to uh, come out here and um, take your time out of the day and help me. Well, Alex, we're all doing it, I think, because you're a pretty awesome kid. You're a jerk. Don't waste our time. I'll be, I'll be scooping up dog poop or something right now. <laughs>